Hello, this is Amber Philpott from WKYT, and you're listening to another edition of our new podcast, Uniquely Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky gal, born and raised, who loves all things about the bluegrass, and I hope you do too. So, you know, if you're from Kentucky or you know anything about the bluegrass, you know that basketball is king here. We start them out pretty young on the court. Um, My guest today is a guy who grew up in the mountains of eastern Kentucky. He dreamed of being a coach, I think, from a very young age. And he did something that a lot of youngsters only dream about. He found his way to the University of Kentucky basketball program, not as a player, but rather on the staff under coach John Calipari. But now he is here as the head man at Moorhead State University, a place that just happens to be near and dear to my heart as I'm a proud alum of this place. Coach Preston Spradlin, thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thank you so much for having me on. This This is the second edition. It's pretty big for you. This is big. I'm I'm real excited. Um, I'm excited to get on here and talk about one of my favorite subjects, Kentucky as well. I'm a proud Kentuckian from Eastern Kentucky, just uh, you know, a couple hours away from here in Floyd County. And so, yeah, I love talking about the bluegrass. Um, you are off to a pretty good start. I know that you've had a couple of losses, but when we tell people who you lost to, I think people kind of let it slide a little bit. So you guys took the team up, played in a Carrier Dome. You took Syracuse and UConn, lost only what about 10 each game to them that puts you guys on a pretty big stage and your players um in a place that's a really cool place to play it is you know a lot of tradition to both those places two great programs two uh, really good teams you know they got great length and athleticism and so i, I was really happy with the way that we performed we competed you know those games at, at times they, they can get away from you when those teams make big runs when you make mistakes you turn the ball over tough shots whatever it may be especially with their size and so when it gets to 13, 14 points, it can jump up to 20, 25 pretty quickly, especially if you start to break away from your plan and kind of do your own thing individually. So I was most pleased with our guys. We really stuck together. You know, we stuck together. We, we stuck to our game plan. We played Warhead State brand mm-hmm. of basketball. And uh, because of that, we didn't, we didn't, you know, I tell the guys all the time, we don't worry about the score. It shouldn't indicate the way that we play, how hard we play, how we play together, and, and what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, because of that, you know, we came up short. We didn't win those games. You obviously want to do that. We're very process-oriented in everything that we're doing. And that was part of our process, going up there and finding, having good showing and finding some things out about our team. It'll, it'll pay off for us going forward. You've got nine returning guys, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, a majority of them, your starters. Uh, I was just here this morning. I sat down with three of your guys, and you've got a good bunch of guys, really level-headed, I really enjoy talking to them, just really great personalities as well. Talk to me about this kind of – uh, mashup of guys. You know, that's important to us. You know, we want to really recruit character. We want to have good kids that, you know, they have to love basketball. They have to really love playing and competing and learning and enjoy working and all those things. They have to value getting their degree. And so those are things that the same things I'm talking to you about. We talk about in recruiting. Obviously, we want to get talented players that fit the mold athletically or the size and those types of things. That's, that's, a, that's a given, but, you know, we don't stop there. We really look for kids that we enjoy being around when you're on long road trips or you're in early morning practices or late nights or whatever it is, kids that you just enjoy their company. And so we're real proud that we have a good group of kids. And so, you know, when I got the job, I inherited four players. That's all we had. We had no starters. Uh, we had no seniors. And so we had to set out and get 10 new players last season. So we were really brand new. Uh, we had no seniors on the roster. We the youngest team in the country. We had three freshmen who started games for us. And so we're real proud that we were able to hang on to those guys and just keep them ingrained and believing in our culture and that process word again, and so they're all back again. And uh, here they are a year older, 
and they've really bought into the program because you've got guys that come in that Moorhead is, let's face it, a little bit of culture shock to some of them. I mean, I just talked to A.J. Hicks, and he's from outside Atlanta. Um, but getting them to buy into the things that you're talking about is super important because then they can kind of tend to forget about that, right? Absolutely. You know, we tell them all the time in recruiting 94 feet, two hoops. <laughs> you know, listen, we've got a small town. There's 7,000 people in Moorhead, Kentucky. There's another 10,000 around about to go to school here. So it's a college town. I mean, there's a lot of young people. There's a lot of excitement. And there's a lot of excitement for athletics, but most specifically basketball. People here in the state of Kentucky love basketball. And uh, here in Moorhead, they certainly do as well. And so I think it's important in recruiting that you get kids that, uh, you know, they understand that they're playing for a fan base. They're playing for a place where people really care where they're going to come out. I'll give you a stat. You know, last season, with all the turnover that we had, the new guys and, and, and what it may have been, we finished last in the OVC. Right. But we finished second in attendance. We're really proud of that. Yeah, people you come should out be. And they support, you know, we're the biggest show in town, mm -hmm. I like to tell people, and uh, and they come out. And I think, you know, people, they want to be a part of our story. They want to be here in the, in the infant stages when we do have new players. we got young guys, seeing them grow, seeing them develop. And then they, they, get to, they get to be a part of that process, too, and they get to say, hey, I was there. I was there when they had an eight-win season, and they turned it into a 20-win season, and now here we are at the NCAA mm -hmm. tournament. And, you know, those things, and that's, what, that's where the buy-in Let's talk about you. I know you could talk about your players and your program all day long, but you kind of came into this. You were on staff and then came in as an interim. Um, I remember we joked talking many times that at that time you were the youngest coach in Division One. Is that correct? Yeah, and actually you know, I was fortunate enough after that season to get the job full-time. Mm -hmm. Last season I was the youngest head coach, and obviously that's not a title you can hang on to for, <laughs> forever. I think someone else is, uh, has taken that over this season now that I'm a year older. I feel like I'm more than a year old sure. after the, the season that we had, but you know it was uh, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. You know, you just you just kind of you know we had some things happen and mm -hmm. had to pick up the pieces and run with them. But again, I know you you said talk about me, but what made that whole thing possible mm -hmm. was just making it about the players. You know, we had six seniors on that team my interim season, so my goal really was to make their experience at Warhead State the best that it could mm -hmm. be, especially given the circumstances and just getting them to learn the life lesson that write our own story, you know, despite what's happened, despite the, the negatives in the cloud and whatever it is that was hanging over top of us that, you know, we can change that. We can have our own narrative and we can, and we can focus on each other and, and our experience. And because we did that, we went on and we had a good season, you know, uh, we, we took our lumps, but then we ended up finishing second in the OVC. Uh, we graduated six kids. We had two all-conference players and we had six players move on to play professionally off of that team in various places uh, throughout different countries. And so, we're really proud of that. That's huge. You know, that's, for us, that's the big thing. You want to win championships, obviously. Yeah. You want to have good players. You want to have them have opportunities. But when they get the chance to, to be the best mm -hmm. they can be and overachieve mm -hmm. and be a part of something and have fun playing and get better and earn their degree and then you know maybe get the opportunity to play professionally, that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's the icing on the cake. So for people that maybe aren't familiar with your story, um, you graduated from Betsy Lane, mm -hmm. went on to play at Alice Lloyd, um, where does your love of the of the game come from? Where did that start? Who fostered that? You know, I, I'm not sure. You know, my my my, uh, my dad is really important in my life. You know, he uh, and, and all of my family. You know, I think just growing up in Eastern Kentucky, you just develop a love for it. You know, at Betsy Lane, I can't tell you how many times as a kid I broke into that gym <laughs> late at night just to get in there and get shots up, and because we didn't have a key back then or whatever it may have been. And so, um, you know that. 
I grew up uh, riding four wheelers and, and bikes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, we were doing it to ride to somebody's house to play basketball. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I just I always knew I wanted to coach. I really I'm not sure why. To be honest with you, I just could, I could always envision myself coaching one mm -hmm. day. I started off wanting to be a high school coach. Mm -hmm. That was my goal. So I went, when I went to Alice Lloyd as a player, I was going to get my education. Which is huge. And I mean, to have a mentor like Coach John Calipari is um, really out of reach for a lot of people, but he really taught you a lot of things. And I know when I read a lot about how you, your philosophy is with your team, it comes a lot from him and about, it's really simple. You put your players first. And I've heard that through everything we've been talking here today. And he really taught you that, didn't he? He did. And it's, it's genuine. Mm -hmm. It's genuine with him. And I got a chance to see that firsthand through a lot of really good players, a lot of successful seasons. I was there for five years. Uh, during the five years I was with Coach, we had 26 players that are in the NBA and uh, won three Final Fours, obviously won the championship. Mm -hmm. and, and it was just a, it was a wonderful experience. It meant a lot to me being from Kentucky, growing up a Kentucky fan and, and just really kind of working my way up. You know, I got there. I didn't.
about being the loudest that's on the right. court. That's yeah. They're not going to respond to it. So what I kind of found out was I was the I was the details guy. I was the guy on that Dominican staff that, that knew what coach was looking for, knew his plays, knew where things needed to be, the nuances of it. And so what those players found out is if they wanted to be successful playing for Cal, I was a guy that could that could bridge that gap and help them get there. And I really just fell in love with it from that point on of, of, of being a details guy and, and teaching guys. And I think you, you really you know players play confidently and they gain confidence when they learn new things they master them and they see that pay off in a game or practice whatever it is it sounds like basketball i mean aside from a job and and you're doing what you love um you know a kid that that came out of the mountains of eastern kentucky basketball is really taking you so many places and i know you you're able to give that to your kids too your your players as well i shouldn't call them kids they're college kids but you're able to give that to them and there's something to be said about about taking people, traveling with them, that opens up so many doors, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's funny that I'd never been out of the country mm-hmm. until we traveled coaching the Dominican team. And we're literally days away from traveling to the Dominican, then we're going to go to Brazil, then we're going to go to Argentina. And a couple of those places, I can't remember which ones, mm-hmm. required a visa. Well, it takes time to get those sure. things. So we all pack up our, uh, our, our passports and we send them off and uh, we had somebody help us to secure visas and they call in a panic. They say, listen, this Spradlin kid didn't get, they didn't sign his passport. <laughs> oh, no. And I remember Coach being like, you didn't sign your passport. I said, Coach, I've never used my passport. I have no idea that yeah. you're supposed to sign your passport. So they had to ship it back, sign it, fly it. I mean, it probably cost a lot of money for my lack of uh, signing that to, to get that back and forth. But, you know, you learn a lot of that yeah. stuff. And I traveled and, and went places and ate food and did things that, that's really wonderful. And, um, you know, we talk about that with our kids here. Sure. You know, we talk about, you know, we, we do a lot of traveling here. We mm-hmm. want to make that experience great for them. And then, you know, the opportunity that they may get to play professionally and experience mm-hmm. internationally. It's not about, you know, at our level, you know, our kids, they, they can make a good living playing professionally. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's about that experience mm-hmm. and having fun and, and seeing the world and, and just letting basketball do that for you. Absolutely. I have to tell this funny story. Uh, I talked to the guys this morning about, you know, coming from different cities and, and the culture shock, but you had your own culture shock just coming from where you were in Eastern Kentucky to Lexington. I yeah. remember we have talked about this and laughed about it a lot, yeah. about how you and Misty both were in Lexington and you didn't really know your way around. Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you how many parking tickets <laughs> I got because, the, you know, where I'm from, you just park wherever. Mm-hmm. You park in the grass. You park in somebody's driveway. There's really no traffic. I used to get tickets all the time parking in the wrong spots. I used to almost hit people on bicycles a lot. Because where I'm from, in the mountains, people don't ride bicycles. Sure. And so every time you're getting out and you're ready to turn at an intersection, somebody's zipping by on a bicycle. And I used to scare myself that I was going to hit somebody. But, yeah, it was uh, when, when I lived down there for a year by myself and I would walk to work every day. I was mm-hmm. fortunate that Alice mm-hmm. Lloyd gave us a place to live because I was in grad school. And I would walk to work, and then Misty and I got married uh, following season at Kentucky and then when she moved down there we would get out at night and we would drive around. Less traffic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know June and July the students are gone sure. home there's 20,000. It's safer. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely Absolutely. safer. And so uh, yeah we learned that and we kind of learned all that stuff and, and she got to travel mm-hmm. which was fun uh, after our son was born in 2000. He was born in 2012 mm-hmm. and so that 2014 run that we made yep. um, they got to go to Atlanta to the SEC tournament Sweet 16, Elite 8, and then the, uh, the Dallas for the Final Four championship. And so they got to experience all that. They got to fly on the team plane and, and do some fun things that uh, otherwise, you know, may not get to do. And so I'm really thankful.
talk to me about um, just the, the, the game of basketball and, and sort of how you've just, you know, in your short time kind of with this, how you've watched it. You know, there's so much talk about uh, one and dones and, and how that may change and just, so how have you seen the game change and where do you think it's going? You know, I think for, for us, it's a little different here. Right. You know, a, lot of, a lot of really good lessons I learned at Kentucky, mm-hmm. some of them don't always apply here. You know, we're going we're gonna to win here with juniors and seniors typically. And you don't always get that at Kentucky level, you know, because of the one and dones and the, 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 the level of talent that you have to recruit to compete mm-hmm. there and just the way that it is. And so, um, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I think it'll change. I think it'll change at some point to where you, you can go. Out of, out of high school, I think there are a select few that, that can do that every year, and they should have the right to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But then also, I would like to see some of these kids stay yeah. a little bit longer. You know, I agree with Coach that I don't, I don't think that, you know, because a kid is coming and, and spending one year at Kentucky or wherever it is and then moving on to the NBA, I don't think it's hurting college basketball, and I know it's certainly not hurting those kids. They're, sure. they're gaining some education from it, and they're learning about college and the, the experience that they have there. And most often, especially at the University important it's huge. important to, to cow and to those kids and those families and they afford them the opportunity mm-hmm. to do that and so um, you know for us I just I think uh, I'm, I'm really big on players I say it all the time mm-hmm. and uh, I tell the guys like I'm, I, we're going to have plays and we're going to have offense and things like that but at the end of the day I want people to watch our team play and say I don't want them I have no interest in them saying man that guy can really coach like they run great stuff yada 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 I want them to, to click the TV off, and I want them to say, man, that team has fun playing. They enjoy being around each other. They play super hard. And, uh, you know, and if maybe they say that that guy wearing the suit gets them to do it, then that's great. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people will say that because, you know, I, I mean, I'm a Moorhead grad, so I, I get it. But I also hear from people that are not – uh, they don't know anything about our program here. They don't know anything about the school, but they know that we have a story and they know we've had some great success. So I think when they click us on, they do tend to get kind of swept in and then you guys prove to them it's worth watching. Absolutely. You know, and I think you got to make sure that you're selling your program mm-hmm. and that, that you're, you're getting your story out mm-hmm. there. And I just think that's part of the fun. You know, it's, it's part of the fun when, when you overachieve in a season or somebody really develops as a player and they mm-hmm. have a breakout year or a breakout game or you know all those things and that you know I tell our fans all the time you have the opportunity to, to experience division one college basketball right here mm-hmm. you know the same stuff you're seeing on tv for on an amazing ticket show. price amazing you know ticket price yeah and we don't have a bad seat mm-hmm. in the house. you know but then the other side is you get a chance to get to know our kids sure you know just like I, I said in recruiting I tell kids all the time if you're if you're into stuff other than basketball and books please don't yeah. Please don't come here because you're not only going to be the face of our basketball program, you're going to be the face of our university. We have billboards in our town with mm-hmm. our, fa- our kids' faces on them. We have signs everywhere, posters. You know, our kids are out in the community eating and people are approaching them. They know them personally, and that's special. That's special, and you don't always get the opportunity to do that at bigger cities mm-hmm. and bigger schools. Yeah, absolutely. This may be a loaded question, but my buddies that are all referees um, – you know, it just seems like over the years, you know, we've all been accustomed to, to yelling at a ref once or twice. But are, are referees changing the, the pace of the game, changing the game in any way? Has that changed over your years kind of watching? Yeah, you know, we, we're really big into it here. Um, the, the, rules, the rules change every mm-hmm. year. You know, yeah. there's little things that tweak. They want to speed the game up. They want there to be less stoppage. They want the physicality to go down a little bit. And so 
I think for me as a coach, that's where we got to make sure we're mastering the rules. You know, we take it very seriously. I make my entire staff, all the way down to my grad assistants and GAs or and managers, watch the officiating video. Wow. If you're going to have a whistle during practice and you're going to call someone mm -hmm. for a foul or whatever it may be, you got to know what you're calling, and we got to know what we're teaching yeah. and what we're looking for. And so, you know, we're going to be a little less athletic or a little, you know, undersized here at Morehead State at times. So we got to be great at those things. Sure. Um, but I don't know that, the, you know, officials are changing mm -hmm. the game. I just think the game itself is changing yeah. in that way. Um, and they're just the ones, you know, who are tasked with, uh, with, with seeing the day-to-day -day changes happen. But I do think the physicality is a big part of it. You know, they don't want it to be a physical game mm -hmm. on either side of the ball. Uh, we've got some new rules, some new terms that have been introduced the past couple of years that players have to adjust to. And, um, you know, I, I think it's fine. I think it's part yep. of it. And I think for us it can provide an advantage when sometimes you're not quite as athletic, mm -hmm. you're not quite as long as the Yukons and Syracuse mm -hmm. of the world, but you can become great at, at angles, at details, at little things like that to give your kids uh, the opportunity to compete. Must have paid off because you played those both really well. Uh, last thing, I know you've got practice to get to and, and break for the kids and this and that, but um, I'm a big bookworm, and I think that in every one of these podcasts, I just want people to know what books are out there. Do you have books that are important to you, things that you – I don't know when you have time to read, but you know, you know it's funny you say that. Um, I, I like to read. I do read during the mm -hmm. season quite a bit more on the buses. But this year, uh, I started doing uh, Audible, the aud yeah. audio books. And the reason I did is, that, you know, I live about 20 minutes from campus. Mm -hmm. We would practice in the morning for three straight months, six uh, six thirty seven a.m. So I'd have 20 minutes every morning that I couldn't call anybody and I needed to get my mind right. So I would listen to a book. Sure. And so I've listened to like four of them already right. this semester. I listened to uh, Jay Wright's book, Attitude. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. I listened to a couple of John Gordon books, um, The Power of Positive Leadership, The No Complaining Rule. Um, I, and I just finished a book that's absolutely terrific. Our character coach recommended it to mm -hmm. me here. He's our Athletes in Action guy, uh, Rich Duffield. It's called Lead for God's Sake, and it's about a it's, a, it's a it's a fictional book about a Kentucky high school coach, and just finding out the reasons as why he really coaches, and cool. his story of him and his team throughout the year. It's really, it's had a big impact on me. Sure. It's a great story, and I would encourage anybody that enjoys basketball and has an inclination for any leadership in, in any walk of life, uh, pick it up and give it a read. It's, it's really good. Awesome. And, of course, you are on the Uniquely Kentucky podcast. So what do you think makes Kentucky so unique? You know, part of my job is selling Kentucky. Mm -hmm. You know, we recruit nationally. We bring kids in. and I have a lot of fun picking them up at that Lexington Airport, showing them Keeneland and uh, explaining to them what, what bourbon is, the bourbon trail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I tell them all the time that, uh, you know, uh, horse racing, bourbon, and basketball. That's what we're really known for in the state, and we talk about those things. And, it's kind of cool. We've got touches of that all over the place. Mm -hmm. In my office, I've got some custom Moorhead bourbon barrel toppers and things like that that really give that Kentucky touch uh, when, when people come in. And, and they just it really leads into our feel of family and intimacy that we offer here. But, you know, Kentucky's a wonderful place. I've been, you know, I've been in coaching. This is my 10th year now, and I've never lived anywhere other than Kentucky. I don't yeah. know. There's very few coaches you know, I've been very blessed with a lot of opportunities, but one of them that I'm really thankful for those I've only lived here. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful. Uh, and I got to be at, a, be at a place like the University of Kentucky and you know, a great place like Moorhead State and uh, living out my dream. Being, a, being mm -hmm. at a place like Moorhead State, this is my dream job. 
you know, serving the people of the mountains, which was part of the mission when yeah. I graduated from Alice Lloyd. That's something that we all commit to doing, we pledge mm -hmm. to doing, and I get the chance to do that here. And so it, it means a lot to me. It's very special. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Kentuckian. I love, I love Kentucky, and I'm very proud of it. And I'm, and I'm proud to tell everybody when I travel where I'm from. Yeah, well, from one Kentucky kid to another, I think we've, we've done all right, and we're both living out our dreams. And, Coach, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank – Preston Spradlin, he's the head man of the Moorhead State Eagles. If you're in this neck of the woods, come check out his team. If you are an alum of MSU and haven't been back in a while, come on over, check it out. I think you're going to be surprised. As always, thanks for joining us for another great conversation. Until next time, I'll see you on WKYT, and thanks for spending some time with us here on another edition of Uniquely Kentucky. Uniquely Kentucky.